that self-awareness alarm that I have on my phone that you just spoke of right now is key. Every time I hear it every day, for me, it's at 3.30, I stop what I'm doing and I, I, I just thank God, I thank life for just being alive. You know there is so much power inside of you. You have the power to make an impact on the planet and the people around you just by believing in yourself. You get to decide how today, this year, this life is going to go. Are you feeding your old bad habits or are you feeding your power? What's up, big dreamers? Your lady vitamin Katie is here and you are listening to my Feed Your Power podcast. I am a vegan registered dietitian and fitness instructor, and my mission is to empower you to feel confident and excited about your health and your life. I know we're about to have so much fun together, so thank you for pressing play and let's begin. Hey, how's it going, Big Dreamers? Your lady vitamin Katie is here. I am so excited. Today, I have my previous client. We literally just finished working together last week. He is a cycling and film enthusiast from Los Angeles, Jose Quintana. Your story is absolutely amazing. I'm so grateful that you agreed to be on this podcast. Hi, first of all, thank you for having me. And I'm doing well. Uh, I miss our weekly calls. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, I miss them too. I feel like, honestly, it's so fun to get to have a client who is really, um, yeah, you inspire me, you light me up. I, I feel like I love, of course, getting to inspire you and hold you accountable, but you also are such a driven person yourself. And I know that based on from what I've learned from you, you're going to be able to inspire a lot of people with this, with this podcast. So <laughs> let's go ahead and dive right into it. I'm so curious to hear what was your relationship with food like growing up? Um, I guess it's pretty, it started off pretty, I guess, normal. I grew up in a very Mexican traditional household. So the meals that we had growing up were just very traditional. Uh, and Mexican food is delicious, but it's not always the healthiest. So we think of like tacos, tamales, rice, refried beans, lots of rice, actually, lots of pork. Mexican candy, like pan dulce and sweet coffee, you know, is all of it. And so, uh, but my mom did a really good job at like making sure we were all eating. Sometimes it felt like we were eating pretty large portions, but we always had food at home, which was good. But I think it really um, took a turn when I started kind of, I was, I think, 11 or 10. And I started uh, having kind of some very, traumatic experiences growing up Um, and also it coincided with me hitting puberty so I think it was just a lot of different things but um, you know like my parents getting separated my brother being in a really bad car accident and um, just going through puberty just a lot of different things going on at, at that age and so I started exhibiting patterns of kind of emotional eating and Sometimes I would go home straight to the fridge after school, even if I wasn't hungry. Uh, I was just like developing these habits of just like what's in the fridge. And, and, you know, even now, sometimes I catch myself doing that, but it's just out of habit because growing up, I just used other things to kind of escape, right? I had some escape mechanisms of which food was one. 
and I didn't know that until I was 20 or in, in my late 20s, really. Um, growing up, I had a lot of, again, like I said, challenging experiences, also in high school, um, just I, I had a really tough time adjusting to uh, the high school I went to, and I had I started having as many as 15 panic attacks a day. My anxiety was through the roof. Um, and in high school, I thought I was just drinking and you know abusing substances as a way to self-medicate, but really I was also overeating and just eating poorly all the time. Sometimes I actually wouldn't eat. Uh, so it wasn't just overeating, but I, I really used food as a way to escape. And um, I, I didn't realize that until after I quit drinking and I quit smoking that I realized, wow, like I am still like eating ice cream every night or every weekend. And I needed to do something about it because I knew that it just wasn't healthy. And of course, as we've talked about in the past, like, you know, I've had some diabetes scares, I've had some, you know, issues with um, cholesterol. So all those things have kind of played a role into me now just trying to be as clean as possible. And I think now my focus is recovery, not just when it comes to recovery after working out, but also integrating healthier meals into my day-to-day. Mm, thank you so much for sharing this. Yeah, this, everything that you're saying, I'm sure so many people can relate to. Thank you for your vulnerability. Thank you for your openness and your honesty. It just like, just goes to show that you never know what somebody went through. Everybody listening, if you looked at Jose, looked at how athletic he is, how badass of a cyclist he is, you would never have guessed that you, that you, Jose, that you grew up with some of these situations, with some of these bad habits, right, that you overcame. So this is so cool that you're able to share this. It's very relatable that like lingering over the fridge, oh, what can I eat? Even though I'm not hungry, I just want to put something in my mouth. I'm sure so many people listening relate to that. And I'm really excited for you to share a little bit more about, yeah, how how you did overcome those habits. I know in my 12-week Feed Your Power program, I do hold people accountable for health-promoting behaviors. And something that I provided you with is a personalized meal plan, which I am so excited that you totally took and ran with it. Like you really got excited about it and you truly followed it and it allowed you to feel so much better. Um, and there's so many other things though that you did, You so many action steps that you must have taken to overcome these habits, yeah? I'd love to hear more about that if you're willing to share. Yeah, no, it's been it's been a long process. I think everybody, I think it's important to just mention, I know you see it a lot online, but not until you really understand it and really experience it is when you realize that everybody has their own process, their own journey. And I had definitely my own and I'm still going through it. Um, I've probably been on it for now, maybe five years. And this just shows how many years it's it's taken of me just trying to focus on myself and really work on myself. But I think ultimately, in terms of uh, changing my habits, my habit formation, I guess changing the habits largely came from frustration with myself for not reaching my goals. I think it's the classic, like, you know, get on the scale, you don't see any changes, even though you're going to the gym and a lot of it has to do with other things outside of the way you're working out. And I think for me, I had hit bottom a few times. Again, I said, like I had issues with 
alcoholism. I, you know, was a chain smoker and I would definitely push the limits all the time. And so I focused on that first. I, um, I, I, in 2019, I quit drinking. I quit smoking. It was a long, tough process. I have tried in the past and I just wasn't successful again until I really started realizing uh, that I had to own my life and, and really it was my responsibility. And, and I had to understand that I wasn't the one doing things right. And I couldn't blame other things, other people. And so um, when I did finally quit and was able to stay sober, I realized there was a lot of underlying issues of trauma and also the realization that food was a big part of my escape mechanism. So I think being more present to myself um, is really what helped me, again, be part of this change where like I realized, okay, now that I'm not hungover all the time, now that I'm not tired anymore, or, you know, now that I'm not feeling this like rush of adrenaline because I have, you know, smoked like four or five cigarettes or whatever, I was really focusing on how I felt like every day, like this is, I feel tired today, or I feel like I have high energy. I should go to the gym, maybe push myself. And from that, I think it was just kind of a snowball effect where I became very present to, to my feelings, my thoughts. And again, I realized that there was a lot of trauma and I had to really work through it and also really work through my other bad habits that I had developed throughout the years as part of my escape mechanism. And so, um, again, I had tried in the past to uh, just hire different people, coaches, go to different classes. I tried not eating cars and then I lost weight so quickly and it wasn't sustainable. And so there was a lot that I was doing and it wasn't until I was really present to myself and my feelings and, and really understanding my body and how I felt and, and being present to that when was when I realized that, you know, I had a, I had a, there was value in me and, and I had to love myself better than I had in the past. And so I started going to the gym. I started, cycling early early in the pandemic and it's it's really I think cycling has helped me so much because when you're like recording your miles and you see your progress on Strava or on on your watch you really want to push yourself and I, I I'm definitely someone who wants to always improve and I noticed that I was plateauing and I realized there's something wrong and I think it was my eating or my sleeping and so really it's just a matter of uh, being present um, that, that really helped me understand the habits that I had developed and then how to change them. And as part of that came the decision to get help from a professional because I had been just been not losing enough weight or not getting better. And I was at a point where I realized that food and the way that I was feeling my body was a big issue for me. You hit on so many key important points and I really want to hone it in into a perfect little package for people to like really take away some some clear tips from everything you just said. It's so cool to hear you express this willingness to, to feel, right? This idea of, you know, experiencing trauma and and wanting to numb running to run away from it wanting to self-soothe using food 
using other things as well, you know, whatever we can do to, to just not feel and witnessing how maybe that was effective in the short term, but in the long term, definitely not, right? And I am so inspired to hear you, you say here, you say on this podcast that it took a moment of, you know, I need to, I needed to be present with myself, right? I needed to practice witnessing, like being willing to, to feel, being willing to not numb. So that's like, it seems to me like that's one really, really big, big thing that you overcame. One big challenge that you overcame was like having the capacity to know that you're, you're strong enough to sit with whatever emotions that you were running away from or that you were trying to um, numb yourself from. Yeah. And um, definitely. Yeah. And, and really, I think the way to, to tackle it, at least from my experience was to really journal and uh, meditate. And for me, I'm, I'm Catholic. So I actually got help from a friend of mine who was a Jesuit priest and having him be my spiritual director. So checking in with him sometimes every other week and understanding kind of where I am as a soul, as a person, really um, that, and also therapy, really the things that I've done to, at least from a mental perspective, be able to be present to myself. Yes, yes. Seeking the help, like witnessing that, oh my gosh, you know, how I'm feeling, it's uncomfortable and it's challenging and it's so uh, noble of you and strong of you to be able to um, reach out for help. I feel like a lot of people think that it's vulnerability is weakness and asking for help is a sign of weakness when in reality it's the complete opposite right it's doing that uncomfortable thing it's having the courage to sit with your feelings and witness like oh my gosh you know I'm gonna get some help that is doing such a service to everybody in your life you're going to be such a big positive contribution to the world when you're able to stand up for yourself and take care of yourself and that brings me to another point I wrote down as you were speaking that you really felt like you were loving yourself you needed to take care of yourself um, instead of punishing yourself instead of um, instead of going about actions of self-hate or self-harm or like really avoiding being present transitioning to okay, this is actually an act of self-care. Like I'm actually loving myself through this action, which is something that is my number one goal for all of my clients. It's this cycling, you're not doing it because you hate yourself and you deserve to be punished. It's truly a something that you get to do because your body is so amazing and you're here to take care of yourself, yeah? Is there anything that you might be able to add around that or you'd like to add around that? Yeah, no, I think the concept of self-love, it's something that I think a lot of us or all of us are taught growing up, but you don't always really connect to it. I think that, again, everybody has their own process, their own journey. And so it's when it hits you that you realize that that is such a key component of just like key element of success to really understand that a lot of things that we do in our day-to-day, whether it's through 
conscious decision or dissociation, those decisions that we make, um, when we make them out of self-love, it's so much better for us and, and it leads to a lot of results because we take our own best interests into account when we're functioning out of a place of self-love. It's definitely going to be a lot more sustainable and a lot more holistically healthy. And I feel like that self-love is necessary for you to practice that um, presence that you were talking about before. There's no way that you can sit with these emotions and, and yeah, and really be able to not self-soothe with food when you're, when you're hating yourself and you're constantly beating yourself up in your own mind. Yeah. You're going to be constantly running away from yourself. So learning how to be self-accepting and practice self-compassion, it's going to be like a lot easier to take away those acts of like self-soothing. Yeah. Definitely. Are there any other tips around how you changed your habits that you might be able to add or you might like to add? I think from a physical perspective, you know, so in terms of like me trying to lose weight um, a few years ago and, and just how to keep like a a sustained weight and, and like a, a schedule or routine that could get me there. I think for me, it all, I don't know, it, it is interesting because I, I've done many different things. I mean, I've, I was in Zumba for like two, um, like four years. I've been doing cycling for over a year now. I've been in, you know, I go to different gyms. I think one of the things that helped me really was because obviously like the working out goes hand in hand with what you're eating. So I would try to understand what uh, my plan was for the day. So whether I was going to go like really hard at the gym or not, or, you know, make it like a active recovery day and then plan my meals around it. Because a lot of times the way we fuel isn't aligned with what, how we're performing or how we want to perform. So like, for example, going back to when I was trying to do like this carb-less diet and I was literally just, my diet was like um, a little bit of salmon and just the salad and that was it. And I would put barely any like dressing or, you know, toppings on it. And it was just boring. And yet when I went to the gym, I would try to go really hard and do sometimes like two classes at the gym and I just couldn't sustain I couldn't keep it up and eventually I was just was so tired I think I went through a period of maybe two years where I was really tired all the time and it actually wasn't until we started working together that I started to feel energetic again and it's because I wasn't feeling my body so I got caught up with you know looking at the calories I was burning on my watch or the app but I wasn't focusing enough on what I was eating. And so I think really um, just, I guess this is where I'm really grateful for your program is the fact that I understand so much more about fueling your body correctly, depending on the needs and understanding what foods are essential and, and others, you know, I guess like because of what's popular right now is seen as maybe not as healthy, but really could still be healthy. Oh, it's so cool to hear that, that you've had such a, such a shift in your energy, for sure. When we first started working together, you were like, wow, I can not really sleep at night. I need like four cups of coffee a day. 
and how much your recovery really, really did improve and your energy and stamina at the gym improved so much. And especially with an exclusively plant-based diet for the most part, it's so awesome. Oh man. So yeah, it sounds like as far as your, your tips go, I think it's really awesome to, to share that. Oh my God. Like if anybody, I want the people listening to make sure that you do seek the help that you feel like you need, you know? And I know that you definitely took a lot of action steps, Jose, to make it so that um, you, you do care about your health and you're witnessing, wow, I'm feeling so low energy. Like, let me please get some help with this. Like I'm having some scares with prediabetes. Let's get some help with this. And when it came to improving your energy and feeling better, and I'm so glad you've learned so much working with me, what is it like now? What do you eat now as opposed to eating like zero carbs? What's that look like for you? Do you like the food that you're eating? <laughs> do you think it's sustainable? It's very sustainable. I think it's, you know, some of the meals that I've been cooking for myself this week are so easy to make. I think it, it it's, it's awesome because I don't feel like I have to go through this whole process of cooking, you know, a specific meal, enough of it for like four days or however many days I wanted to, you know, be on a Wednesday, for example, right? Like I wanted to be something that I can be efficient with my time with. And so that's like first thing. Second thing, I love the meals because they're delicious. Um, let's see, carbs are back in my diet and I'm loving it. Um, so sometimes it's rice, sometimes it's noodles, sometimes it's uh, pasta. This week I had, uh, I, I love the smoothies that, you know, we put in my meal plan this week I started experimenting it experimenting with it and really making it my own so just playing with like you know some of the ingredients so like putting berries in it this time um which was really good um and um the bean burrito which I love um and I hope to make that like a very regular uh part of my diet um with you know some salad uh, and, uh, the harvest bowl, which is always really fun to cook and, and delicious. So try to mix it up, but that that's, what's been on my menu this week. Yum. Yes. Yeah. Going from zero carbs and trying all these things and feeling like you have no energy to eating. Yeah. Your smoothies, your burritos. Like I love how you're so excited to try new foods and how you're able to eat a lot of delicious foods that are easy to make and um it does not have to be like you starving yourself counting every single calorie to feel how you want to feel what exactly are we looking at now like what are your goals now yeah so again I I try to focus on recovery because recovery I think is a good indicator for me um, as to how well I sleep, how well I'm, uh, you know, if I'm stressing out a lot or, you know, if I am overreaching with my workout. So for me, recovery is what I like to look at. So I, I have a whoop and my whoop tracks literally every minute of my life. And whether I'm at the gym or just hanging out or sleeping. And so 
yeah, thanks to our work together and managing my caffeine, uh, the timing of when I drink caffeine and also my meals, how much I'm hydrating, all of that. Um, my recovery has actually jumped from, I think it used to be probably like, it's like yellow colored, which is like probably in the fifties. Uh, and now it's like almost always in the eighties and not unless I'm doing like a hundred mile ride or 70 mile, 70 miler, uh, will it be in the yellow now? So I'm very, very excited about that because I am able to push myself as much as I did before more regularly because I'm recovering better. So awesome. Yes. When you're feeling yourself, right. When you're focusing on self-love, when you're focusing on truly taking care of yourself, this, of course, of course, you're going to be recovering better. Of course, you're going to be performing better and pushing yourself more. Your body is able to be more resilient. The more that you are not necessarily focusing on every single calorie or the weight on the scale, but truly looking at your health in the long term in a sustainable way. And that includes your mental health. And the mental health comes first, really. I can't possibly give somebody a meal plan who doesn't have the mental health uh, component as a really, really important factor. So thank you. Thank you for being willing to to feel and to work with this and like really take action towards true sustained improvements in your health in the long term it's super super inspiring yeah especially coming from this background of alcoholism and really numbing yourself to feeling like you're just absolutely flying and improving it's it's so awesome and if there's any any last words you want to say for people out there who maybe are still just like stuck in it, like feeling like they're stuck in the mud. They're just so down on themselves and it's really hard for them to find some, some sort of motivation. What might you say to them? What might you say to your past self who was really like really deep in it? What would he need to hear? What would you like to share, if anything? I think for me, my biggest, I think really things started to change for me when I realized that my own mentality was holding me back, that I was blaming other things like work or family gatherings or just other factors. And I really, I failed to look at what I was doing wrong. Um, and I could have said no so many times. And I just, I didn't say no. And I didn't learn to say no until, until recently. And uh, when I started to, I, I really, you know, like start to really believe in myself and, and, you know, just taking that leap of faith. Um, because if it was your friend, you'd be cheering for them. You'd be pushing them. You'd be saying, you got this, but sometimes we really fail to do that for ourselves. And ultimately no one is going to do that except ourselves. And, and we're really, we have to be there for ourselves. And again, like, that's something I wish that I'd done sooner and, and realized sooner that I just had to, to be present and, and really just know that it was me, whether it was my fear of success or fear of failure or whatever it was, or my anxiety, 
it was me actually the whole time that I was holding myself back, holding myself back. And, and that's, that's, I think so important because we live in a world where it's easy to become distracted. It's easy to just associate and, and not really be present and, and, and own our own lives. But if we can at least be present and whether you go on a walk or you're having a tough day, just step aside and, and, and just be present to yourself, understand what you're going through and understand that you can get out of it if you change your mindset. I think our mentality is everything. And once we can change how we think about our challenges, our bad days, our good days is how we're going to be able to move forward and, and again, be successful with our goals. And even if we're uh, having a hard time getting there, our own mentality is what's going to get us through it. Yes. Oh, this is so key. It's true. It's so much easier to complain and, and stay the same, right? Than it is to really, really admit to ourselves that something's got to change and that we need to change, right? It's like as miserable as it is to complain, it's a lot easier to stay there. It's so scary and uncomfortable and unknown. Like, what if we fail? What if we can't do it, right? It's like so many doubts and fears and so much resistance can come up, especially like you, we've got to be so humble to be able to admit that. And I love how you kept repeating, like, be present, be present. It's crazy how, uh, how difficult it can be <laughs> to be present. And that's so necessary to enjoy this life, to look back on our lives and really have incredible memories of what happened. We, we, we need to stay present. And that presence that you're talking about, oh, I think that it's just really, really cool to get to hear that you having the maturity to be present with yourself, like admit to yourself that something's gotta change, like letting yourself have that willingness to feel, like I mentioned at the beginning of this chat, I, everybody listening, like, I hope that we can all be a little bit more present and be a little bit more honest with ourselves and take full responsibility for our lives. Like we are in the driver's seat of our lives. Yeah. There's always something that we could do to, to right. change our situation. And, and just one more thing about being present. Like sometimes we don't know that we're making the same mistake over and over again because we're not present. And so it's as easy sometimes as just being aware of, oh, I've seen this before and I've made this mistake or I've made this you know, decision that really wasn't great. And next time it comes up, if you're present, you'll recognize it again. And sometimes it takes more than just a few occurrences for you to like catch it, but eventually you start catching yourself in these behaviors. And I think it's so important to, to catch them because as you see them re being repeated and then just how often sometimes you can repeat those same little mistakes or big mistakes, but most of the time they're going to be little, uh, then you can really see where you have to work on things. I think that is definitely part of being present is 
I love that we're talking about this because I can say all day, like meditate, be present, meditate, be present. And people are like, how do I do that? <laughs> and um, it's so key to be present. That means being aware of where your thoughts are going, right? Like I could be standing at this party. Meanwhile, my headspace, I'm thinking about something that happened five years ago and I could be on the brink of crying like totally not being present, right? I'm not aware of where my thoughts are going. Does that make sense? Definitely. So I think that's part of, you know, I guess for me and my experience with anxiety, like I was constantly overthinking all the scenarios in which something could go wrong or replaying a memory that hurt my feelings or sometimes even like as deep as like my soul. Um, and at times where I didn't need to and you know, you can be caught in the cycle. And, and if you're not aware of that, you know, just leads to some, some of the worst fears actually becoming a reality because you're just stuck in that. And that awareness really helps get you out of that. So in order to practice being present, let's all, maybe I like to, one thing that, um, that I do with people who are really struggling with anxiety that like really, really, really need some more accountability. Some idea that I have for listeners and honestly for myself, this is a great exercise for everyone to try is setting an alarm that goes off every hour and just noticing like, where is, what are you aware of right now? Like, where's your focus at? And having that accountability, having that reminder going off every hour of like, oh my gosh, I was just, oh, I was just thinking about this hypothetical thing that my house could burn down and I was having so much anxiety. Meanwhile, that's totally not in my reality in this present moment, you know? Um, it's a great tool to have that reminder to witness like, wow, what can I be grateful for right now? Like what's actually working so well for me right now? Do you happen to have any tips or tricks that help you to practice this awareness muscle, like to practice being present? Well, I think that self-awareness alarm that I have on my phone that you just spoke of right now is key. Every time I hear it every day, for me, it's at 3.30, I stop what I'm doing and I, I, I just thank God, I thank life for just being alive. I think something so simple as that, you know, sometimes we take that for granted, but, you know, I'm a living miracle. So, everyone's a living miracle. We've all been through a lot of different things. And the fact that I'm still here means that I'm supposed to be here. So like, this is another opportunity for me to continue my mission and, and do what I'm supposed to be doing. And so I guess to answer your question, gratitude, I think that's huge. Um, and other things that, I, so the self-awareness alarm to, you know, remind me every day, to be grateful. I think uh, just trying to journal every day, again, uh, whether it's in the morning or in the evening, just write down what I've done. Sometimes I notice that if I've not written anything, it's probably because I'm not in the best place or maybe I wasn't feeling great. So I tend to look back at my journal and understand like, how much was I writing? I think that helps me kind of understand where I am, but also push myself in a way to be more aware of that and, and try to be more proactive. Uh, so those are just two things that I think really helped me a lot. Um, 
just in my daily routine. Yes, I'm glad you mentioned journaling. Journaling is same, same here. It's so effective to get to be able to process things. And like, it's like you're talking to somebody, but you're, you're talking to yourself. And I feel like our intuition is so, so key. I think if we're not taking the space to reflect on some things and to talk with ourselves, it's, it's really difficult to like, even, even express how we feel to talk about it with others, right? Like, how can we possibly express how we feel before we take the time to understand with ourselves how we feel and journaling helps me a lot with that but I love how you said to write down what you've done I I know one thing that I do on almost every call is I say okay what are at least five things to acknowledge yourself for from this past week um so often we're in a habit of of beating ourselves up of that primitive brain that's really looking for for safety and for comfort is searching for reasons why we need fixing reasons for um yeah why we're not good enough so that we can improve so that we can be accepted and to build that cultivate that self-love and to cultivate that self-worth to reflect on writing down things to be proud of things that you have done even if it's a, something as small as like i brushed my teeth today like i i got out of bed today i made my bed today like little things like that it's so important to cultivate that mindset muscle of, yeah, gratitude, gratitude, not only for what's around us, but for ourselves. So thank you. That's a brilliant journal prompt. Like everybody right now, write down at least five things that you've done, you know, like that's beautiful. And maybe lessons learned, maybe if nothing got done, like what's a lesson around that journaling is so key. Thank you so, 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 so much. I want to be respectful of your time. If there's anything else, that you'd like to add. I do have one final, fun final question, but if there's anything else you want to add, I would love to hear. One of the challenges that I, I really think about sometimes is just how difficult some things can be for me just because of my genetic makeup. You know, the fact that I'm a Latino male, you know, I'm more prone to diabetes or, you know, certain, certain things that other people you know, are not, and I also just don't have the same body type as other people. So focusing on myself and only comparing myself to the previous version of me, uh, sometimes I can get caught up at the gym or wherever, you know, on the bike path or wherever it is, you know, it's just human nature to like look at someone else and compare ourselves. But I think for me, you know, it's just one of those challenges where, you know, we all have something different. It's a different you know, struggle for, for everybody. And just focusing on your own, I think is so key um, because then you're more focused on what really matters in your own life. And of course, like you're going to be sensitive to what other people around you, especially your friends and loved ones, what their struggle is. But I think if you focus on your own, when it comes to your own goals, then those two are aligned versus, you know, comparing your own goals with just someone else's performance. I think that just, it was so important for me to like understand that in order to feel happy because if I'm always gonna compare myself to other people who are perhaps younger or genetically, genetically different, then I'm always gonna be unhappy. And it just, it was unfair to me. So again, part of that idea of self-love is accepting yourself and knowing 
kind of where your limitations are, but also where the opportunity is for improvement. And if you can just focus on that, then really you, you'll be able to, to be happier because you're not comparing yourself. So yeah. Yes, yes. Thank guys you compare sure. themselves to other guys too. Mm -hmm. Not mm -hmm. just women, women aren't the only people that do that. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for being relatable and real and honest. And it's a it's a thing that statistics show that different ethnicities do have, unfortunately, just statistically more at, at different risks of developing things like diabetes. And this is so cool to hear you share this because you're a beautiful example that you can still take full responsibility. Yeah, you can still practice self-acceptance and self-love and take full responsibility for your health future. Just because your genetics have, say one thing, doesn't mean that that has to be the case. That doesn't provide anybody an excuse to just like not take care of themselves and just be like, oh, screw it. Well, I'm just gonna be a couch potato then, right? I think that it's also, I'm really grateful that you shared this because yeah, as a white female, there's so much that I don't understand around the, the variances around race and there's so much in a, around ethnicity and the differences in, in DNA and whatnot that I feel uncomfortable sharing about often. I feel like people will look at me and be like, well, what is she, what, what good, how can she possibly help me? Like she doesn't understand, right? She doesn't get it. She, she's not like me. I wanna help to empower people, yeah, to accept and love ourselves. And recognize that it's totally possible to decrease our disease risk significantly, no matter no matter what color you are, what race you are, what ethnicity you are, what gender you are. Thank you for saying for saying that. I think um, yeah, comparison is definitely the thief of joy, and it's going to be cool to instead of doing actions out of jealousy or fear to really witness like wow I am awesome yeah I accept myself and I'm excited to to be stronger and more powerful every day and create the best version of of the uniqueness that is me right right yeah and again like self-love there's no self-love if there's no self-acceptance and there's no self-acceptance if there's no self-awareness a hundred percent yeah that awareness comes first that awareness comes first so key uh, I got so much out of this thank you Jose always such an inspiration I'm so grateful that you're willing to hop on here and I'm sure this final question my my program is the feed your power program I really do want to empower empower you and empower as many people as possible to fuel ourselves not only with of course plant-based foods but fuel ourselves with a positive mindset right what what are you feeding your mind throughout the day like once you become aware what are you what are you fueling yourself with and instead of soothing and numbing with ice cream or alcohol um i'd love to hear how do you empower yourself how do you plan on continuing to empower yourself in the future yeah i think uh, every day what i do is i on my 
biggest, you know, hype man. I, I, you know, wake up and I'm like, you got this. Sometimes even if I'm tired and, you know, feeling lazy, like I still tell myself I got it. Um, Feeding myself positive thoughts, you know, looking for good signs in, you know, out of life versus, you know, the bad ones I used to look out for. Um, Just trying to be optimistic like that, um, which takes a lot of practice. Um, and again, as someone with anxiety, like, you know, I could easily fall for those old habits, but I try not to. And then also just letting go of whatever negative thoughts I might have, you know, told myself um, or memories I may still hold on to sometimes. Trying to let go of those uh, by just saying, you know, who cares what people are going to say or who cares what you know, my anxiety is going to say, just if it makes me happy, then I can do it and I should do it and I will. Yes, you can. We all can. It's so inspiring. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited to continue to see you absolutely slay on the bike and just continue to improve your recovery and continue to love all the foods that you're eating. And yeah, for us all to continue looking for the good, the good signs, looking for reasons that this day is amazing and letting go of those negative thoughts and memories. Thank you so much for sharing that. So healing this chat that we had today. I know a lot of people can relate. A lot of people are feeling really stuck, really scared, really anxious. And you provide such a powerful light that it is possible. It is possible to to take action, to get uncomfortable and that it's worth it. You know, it's so, so, so cool. So thank you again, Jose. And um, is there is there anything else as far as like where people might be able to follow you if you want people to follow you or is there anything, um, any any last words that you might want to share? That you My Insta to? is not your domestique like domestic but the french version d-o-m-e-s-t-i-q-u-e not your domestic it's a cycling reference but um you can catch me there and uh yeah i i I do hope to focus a lot of what i do on social media around mental health and self-love and uh, really being present to just you know friends and myself on there so if you want to follow me i'm there uh yeah thanks for having me thank you so much oh that was awesome thank you for dedicating time to improve your health and your life by listening to this podcast if you are interested in holistic health and nutritional counseling or in my vegan fitness program click the link in my bio to apply Don't forget to screenshot this and tag me at vitamin.katie on your Instagram story, subscribe to this podcast, and leave a review to get this message out there to help more people. Thanks again so much for listening and have a beautiful, wonderful, incredible life. Much love to you. Bye.